Welcome to this edition of Doctors in the House. The Columbus Medical Association is thrilled to have two CMA members who are members of the Ohio General Assembly. And in this series, we will talk about what their experiences are as physician legislators, as well as the policy issues of the day. In this episode, we'll be talking to Dr. Beth Liston. Dr. Liston represents the 8th Ohio House District, and Dr. Liston is a hospitalist at Ohio State University and Nationwide Children's Hospital. Dr. Liston, thank you for your time this morning. Um, I know there's a particular committee that you serve on um, that is closer maybe than some uh, other legislators and policymakers to what's going on in the world uh, of Medicaid uh, enrollment and particularly as it impacts uh, children. And I wondered uh, if you could share some of what uh, you're learning about uh, in the last week or two. Thanks, Malcolm. I'd love to, because um, I think it's really important. So I'm on JMOC, which is Joint Medicaid Oversight Committee. So we get updates from Medicaid on um, their programs and processes. And one of the updates we got last week was about the number of individuals that were disenrolled. Um, so if you remember when the public health emergency ended, uh, that required Medicaid to go through and have everybody verify their eligibility. And in doing that, if people didn't verify their eligibility, they could lose health insurance. And we learned on Thursday about 69,000 kids in Ohio um, no longer have Medicaid coverage as compared to April when this started. So over just a few short months, that's like a 5% of Medicaid children. Um, and when they looked to why only about a third of the kids that were being disenrolled were not eligible. Um, two thirds, excuse me, I apologize. A quarter of the kids were not eligible. Three quarters, 75%, they just didn't have information for, or there was a procedural issue that got them disenrolled. So I'm really concerned about these kids that might be going to the you know pharmacy to pick up an inhaler, and now they don't have coverage and they didn't you know have any idea why. So- I wanted to ask questions about that and make sure that the community of physicians at the CMA knew about it. Thank you for helping to surface that and give a good practical uh, example of uh, of how it might be an inadvertent circumstance uh, and, and then create a real challenge for people. Do you have any advice that you'd like to share for colleagues um, about how they can be helpful to their patients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the challenge, of course, is not everyone knows this is happening. And, you know, the in order for Medicaid even to reach people, they have to have updated information and addresses, right? They send letters, but if someone, one of your patients has moved, um, they may not get that information and it can become as a surprise. And so I think that every physician knowing about that and making sure their patients know sometime this year, whether they're a child or an adult, Medicaid is going to ask them to re-demonstrate their eligibility. Um, even if they you know, have been on it for a long, long time and they know they're eligible, if they don't let Medicaid know, um, they could be dropped and actually they will be dropped. So making sure that uh, physicians communicate with their patients about this. And then there's a resource that was put up um, by the Association of Food Banks. It's getcoveredohio.org. 
Um, and honestly, it was a big collaborative group that put this together, but it has navigators to help individuals um, navigate this process, whether it's making sure they're eligible, making sure they do their re-eligibility determination paperwork, or if they're not eligible, uh, making sure that they then can look at other um, health insurance coverage options, like you know, working on the marketplace so that people don't um, lose their health insurance because of this. So getcoveredohio.org. Tell your patients, um, tell your office staff, and you know, make sure that your patients uh, get the care they need. If I understand the way this is set up to work, they don't have to wait and say, wondering, where's my letter? Did I get my letter uh, in the mail? Um, and those kind of things, they can be proactive and kind of take charge of their own circumstances and, and start that process through that, uh, through that website. Um, I think you can start the process through the website. I do think that uh, it is a rolling process over the course of a year. So mm -hmm. not everyone is going to be receiving their redetermination letter at the same time. So I think the key at that point is making sure that Medicaid has updated contact information and that people are looking for it so that they know that they need to respond to it. Um, and if it's been a while since Medicaid has had accurate information or if they moved, um, they need to to get that changed in the system. Got it. Thank you for that clarification. Well, thanks for bringing this uh, issue up to everybody's attention and trying to, to bring some more light on it. I know there have been an occasional story or two in the news, um, but uh, we appreciate the chance for you reaching out to your colleagues and taking the time today um, to share this information. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity and sharing this with everybody. I think we're all you know, working to improve health in the state and this region. And so I'm grateful for it. Doctors in the House is a podcast produced by the Columbus Medical Association. You can stay up to date on our advocacy efforts at columbusmedicalassociation.org slash advocacy.